you're enjoying the fastest known podcast please let us know by rating and reviewing it in itunes if you have a guest suggestion please send that person to me craig at craig at fastestknowntime.com and if you have feedback on how we can improve the show or anything to change please send that to me as well and finally each monday morning we send out a newsletter with the best fkts of the week it's a cool way to keep up with what's going on and learn more about the culture of the sport sign up for it at fastestknowntime.com slash newsletter Hello, everybody. I am Max King, and I'm here on the Fastest Known Podcast. And my esteemed guest today is Buzz Burrell. <laughs> and he has asked me to introduce myself. And what do, what do I say about myself? You know, it's been, there's a lot of history in there, and I've forgotten most of it because of my age at this point. And so I guess, you know, I've uh, started out, I was running on the track, cross country, roads running. Uh, eventually got into you know a lot of trail running stuff and and you know I don't like to talk about those accomplishments buzz but um, you know it's it's been one really fun adventure after the other throughout the past uh, about 20 years of of running this way and so I think that's kind of what we're going to talk about today right it is correct and Max thank you for doing that such a good job listeners I asked Max just to introduce himself. 10 seconds ago and he just did it but he did a good job he's talking about max king is difficult i'm going to fill in a few blanks here because i mean what's the one liner here the guy who's done everything so max uh just fairly recently you qualified for the world mountain running championships you're going to go to thailand it was going to be this fall but now it's going to be february in uh, thailand with a second place behind joe gray but you have won the World Mountain Running Championships. And these are super hard, fast, up-down races. You won that in 2011. But then three years later, you won the World 100-kilometer championships. So you went from 12K steep up and down to 100K flat as a pancake. And then in between, you, almost, you often have won the Broken Arrow Sky Race. So... Yeah. What don't you do, Max? Well, I think that's, I, I guess that's just it. Is there's, there's nothing that I don't want to do when you're talking <laughs> about running on your two feet. And there's definitely things that I don't do well. Those two things happen to be, uh, happen to go right. And it was really fun. And it was, you know, in all of this, it's always to prove to myself that, shoot, I can do it. And a lot of times there's a steep learning curve with, uh, with getting into ultra running, uh, struggled with it for a long time. Um, and then uh, both of those races are culminations of years of, of work and figuring these things out in order to get myself to a point where I get into a race like that and I can't win it. And I think that's, that's the important point is to, you know, we're talking about like accomplishments here, but it's the amount of work that goes in behind all of that to get you to that point. Um, and that's, that's the fun part. Uh, and that's, you know, the adventure of it and, and the learning uh, throughout the years of doing things over and over and failing at it and stuff like that. And so, you know, it's like, uh, there's nothing that I don't like to do because it's all really fun. And, and this, this weekend, we're going to try something even, even new for me. So you're down there in Squaw Valley, uh, the uh, actually, wait a minute. It's not called, is it still called Squaw Valley? It's not Squaw Valley anymore. It is the Palisades Tahoe, uh, which is where Broken Arrow was. I am not there. I am in Auburn this weekend, ah, actually. So You're on the other side. I'm on just the other side of the mountains, yep. That's right. Sorry. You're no, doing okay. another super steep mountain race there. Yeah, 
it's going to be fun. It's a really fun kind of new adventure for me. It's going to go get myself lost in the woods for about 24 hours and see if I come out alive. <laughs> okay. So again, I hope we hit the ground running here, pardon the pun or not, but it's, you just have to draw attention. The, the World Mountain Running Championships and the U.S. Mountain Running Championships, which again, you finished second at, that's 12K. That's very steep. And boy, people get after it. This is no ultra jog. When the gun goes off, you know, the hammer goes down. Yeah, you, absolutely. You, th- you thrived at that. And now you said you're going to be out for 24 hours. Yeah, because well, why not, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've gotten a lot of like strange looks when I, when I tell people about this one. I'm going to go run around out in the woods and look for books for 24 hours, um, you know, coming from what I have been doing recently, which is, you know, I, I, like last year, I kind of focused on a lot of the ultra side of things. Uh, I did Canyons 100K in April and then came back and did um, Western States 100 uh, in June. And then after that, every time I do 100, it's it's a big learning experience for me, a lot of pain and suffering. And so I, oftentimes I'll switch gears right after I do something like that and head back to something that I know and love, which usually is short distance trail running. And so that's what I've been doing kind of the past couple of months. And um, did Broken Arrow, uh, did a race up at Whistler Alpine, um, a few weeks ago, did the mountain running championships, like you mentioned. Um, and those short distance, you know, those short distance things like harken back to my, my history and, um, in cross country and road running. And, and I've always done better and excelled more at kind of the cross country side of things. And I see mountain running as, as, as kind of an extension of that. It's just a more extreme version of cross country. And so that's like my first and true love is that, that cross country world. Um, and so getting back to that stuff, that short distance stuff is really fun. I love running fast over terrain like that. And you're good at it. Well, but then the world, at least in the United States, kind of went to the ultra realm, didn't it? And so on social media in particular, people got a lot of attention for going out there and trotting forever and surviving blisters and chafing for 100 miles. Um, So you've given a a little shot at that, but that's not really what you want to do. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, it's a really hard balance because – as a professional runner, you're, you know, I, I never want to say I'm after attention, but to keep this thing going, to keep what I'm doing alive and to be able to, to basically kind of make it work for me and my family. It's like, I've got to have um, that outlet of, of getting sponsors and media attention and stuff like that. And, and in the U S it seems like you've got to do an ultra, you've got to go, you've got to keep moving up and going further and further to kind of, to qualify that and to get those sponsors. Um, but you know, my first love is always that short distance, uh, running the mountain running cross country trail running, stuff like that. And so, um, that's always been kind of my true passion. That's been like what I really love to do. And so anytime I get the chance to get back to it, um, I, I try to, and I'm always talking it up, right. It's, it's a really cool sport. And, uh, just to make something more challenging, you don't always have to go longer. You can also, also do it faster. Um, and so, I'll often, you know, I talk about that all the time. Um, and that's always been a, a kind of a frustration, I guess, of, of the, the media, I feel like kind of promotes that of like, you've got to, you know, they're always talking about like the longer distances being hard and, and harder. The hardest races are always the long ones and stuff. But at the same time, 
you can do a shorter race and you can make that pretty plenty hard. So plenty hard. Yeah. <laughs> well, if anyone is not sure about that, they can joke with you and Joe and uh, Joe Gray and Jonah Moore at the starting line at one of these events and see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, we can make it hard. <laughs> In my personal opinion, the marathon is the hardest distance. It is. It is a really hard distance. Yeah. Because it's that combination. Much longer than that, you can have a bad patch. Uh, you get a chance to eat and drink a little bit and so forth. And much shorter than that, you can just deplete yourself. You can kind of run yourself into the ground. Yeah. But the marathon, mm, no, you, you you can't let your foot off the gas at all. No. And it's really hard to get enough nutrition in at that tempo. So I, and, and you have to have great turnover yeah. and endurance. Yeah. So I, I think the marathon is the toughest race. I'd, I'd probably agree with you on that too. You know, it's a tough nut to crack and it's, it's a balance between that, that endurance and that speed. Um, and like you said, you can't let up, you can't miss a beat in a marathon. Otherwise you're off the back of a main pack. You know, if you run too hard at the beginning, then you're going to pop at about 21 miles. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a really good balance. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Well, let's, let's delve into this, uh, a little bit that what do you do about training? I mean, do you consciously adjust your training blocks for what your next big event is, or do you just keep active all the time? Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of doing, um, a little bit of everything all the time. Um, and so I'm always, I'm always working on, um, I'm always working on those fundamental things of training and what I need to be doing in order to stay fit. I definitely have training blocks that are going to be more specific uh, for a particular race, um, like Western States. I'm going to focus on those long, long runs, um, the endurance that I need for something like that. For something mountain running championships, I'm going to be focusing on a lot of um, a lot of shorter distance workouts and things like that. But throughout both of those um, those blocks, I'm still working on those other pieces. So working on mountain running championships, I'm still doing those long, uh, long runs to get that endurance in for Western States. I'm still doing some workouts that are going to include some VO two max or threshold training, things like that. Wow. Do you use a coach? I don't. Um, I am a, I'm a proponent of having a coach. I do think they get the best out of you and can oftentimes get that extra 10% out of you that you can't get out of yourself. But I don't use a coach. Um, a lot of, you know, I'm all over the place and a lot of coaches don't want to deal with that. And so I've kind of dubbed myself like kind of uncoachable at this point of like, nobody wants to coach that <laughs> when I'm doing, you know, Western States, uh, and then jumping in mountain running championships a few months later, it's like, you know, I'm kind of ADHD on that. It's just all over the place. And so I've, I've kind of dubbed myself as uncoachable, but I do think that there, there's a, uh, you know, they're really good to have, they can get more out of you than you can get out of yourself. So. Gotcha. Well, that's why I asked that because looking at what you've been doing with this extraordinary breadth of running and the fact that you don't just shift everything to the intensity for a period of time and then everything to endurance for another period, but you kind of keep it all going. 
that a coach would struggle with that from my limited understanding. So I'm not sure if you're uncoachable, but uh, that's a, that's a, um, what's the word? I'm not sure if it's unique, but I think it's a special training plan that you are on. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, like, I feel like if you, if you do know what you're doing as far as those fundamentals go, um, then you also know your body better than anybody else does too. So at the same time as they can get a little bit more out of you, a lot of times they can, they're either going to push you or they're going to hold you back a little bit when needed. And if they get to know you and have a really good relationship with you, they can, they can teach you a lot. Um, and that's where I've learned a lot of my stuff from is by having a coach. Um, but at the same time, like over the years, you get to figure out yourself because you're with yourself day in, day out through all the uh, emotions, the feelings, everything you go through. And so, you know, there's nobody uh, that knows yourself better than yourself. And so I think that that uh, kind of plays into that as well and has a, I don't know, just a big bearing on what you can get out of yourself. And so since I know myself really well, like I can get a lot out of myself by knowing when to put certain workouts in, how much time I need to rest between workouts, um, what I'm kind of lacking in my training and what I need to focus on for the next couple of weeks, things like that. Excellent. Well, I'm gathering here that, yeah, I'm real sharp, aren't I? That you are a very serious trainer. I mean, the way you speak with and real knowledge, experience, and authority on this. So, you know, we've known each other for a while, but this is interesting, Max. You take your training very, very seriously. You've been doing it for 20 years now. So I'm going to shift slightly and say, what would you tell some people who are listening? I mean, you could probably speak to them for you know, a few hours, but what comes to the top of your mind for the listeners? Yeah. I mean, you know, as, as far as like training goes and stuff, you've got to figure out kind of what your goals are and where you're at in your training. A lot of people who are out there, you know, in this realm of uh, trail running and stuff are just doing it for the enjoyment of it, to get outside, to be fit, to, um, you know, have that adventure. And for that, I think that that, that base level of, of training and figuring out what that is, is enough. Um, but I think, you know, for the, the guests that are listening to this podcast, you guys are getting out there. Um, you're out there in the mountains, you're out there trail running. And so I think that, you know, as you get into this, then some level of training for safety is really important. Um, like wilderness training, like talking about like, uh, the different tools that you can use, um, to get yourself out of a situation when there's nobody else around, um, how to use a map and a compass, you know, how to use the technology that's out there on like Gaia or Caltopo, the, the safety aspect of our sport that I think we overlook a lot of times, um, as part of that training piece almost, especially for new people getting into the sport. Um, and then you've got, you know, the people who are really serious about like getting like themselves better and improving their fitness level so that they're, you know, improving in races and stuff like that. Then I think it's, um, figuring out what you need to reach those goals that you're after. And whether that's a coach, it might be a coach that's going to teach you a lot about the sport. Um, and so you're going to grow with that, that coaching and, uh, with the experience that you're putting on top of that and get yourself, you know, get your fitness better and be able to, you know, reach those goals. Um, and you know, there's, there's so many different aspects of, of runners out there that I think that 
there's something there's something different we can talk about with each and every individual person and so, because each and every person has their own their own experience and their goals of what they're after um, and so I would say you know figure out where you're at figure out what your goals are um, and then go from there and work on those little things that you need to do to reach those goals whatever they may be excellent thank you and again you are a professional here you do running camps so listeners can go to the written show notes and get a link to Max's trail running camps or uh, it's Max King TRC trail running camp. If you don't want to go to the show notes and uh, this looks really good. You have a lot of different uh, dates and events. So I encourage anyone who's interested in this to go to Max's website. And uh, I kind of like what you're saying here. Thanks, Our, I'm quoting Our overarching goal is to create capable trail runners and stewards with a lifelong love of nature. Now, that's not what a track running camp would say, is it? (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) No, and, you know, in in creating this this camp five years ago, like my whole, you know, my passion is trail running. I, I would much rather be out on a trail than I would um, on a road run or a track or something like that. I, there's a part of me that really enjoys running fast and there's a purpose for those. Um, but I would, you know, really, I enjoy running out in nature and being outside in the mountains and stuff. And so in creating this camp, I wanted to help other people get out there as well, but to do it safely. And so, you know, a couple of things we talk about in our running camp, um, are things that I think a lot of other people, um, they overlook when they're getting into trail running, such as stewardship. Um, so we do a day of stewardship at my running camp, um, doing trail maintenance, talking about uh, forest management um, with different land uh, management agencies, things like that. We do a day of kind of uh, we do a day of map and compass work where we're out there with map and compass out in the woods, um, actually actively like navigating somewhere. Um, so that we can kind of practice that side of things. Um, and then we talk about wilderness safety of getting yourself, you know, you get yourself into somewhere, you got to be able to get yourself out, things like that. So we go through the safety aspect as well. Um, and I think those for new trail runners often get overlooked. Um, and I think we're seeing that more and more as people get out into the back country and get into, again, get into um, situations that they can't get themselves out of. Great. I really appreciate the holistic approach. That's wonderful. I think listeners are probably saying, yeah, I like that. That's what I want to learn as well. And it's probably resonating after that strange um, race cancellation that took place in the Wasatch last weekend. Yeah. 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 When they canceled the race and had to call out search and rescue and bring bring some people down, it actually wasn't as bad as the national media reported. Everyone didn't need to be rescued. In fact, almost, not almost all, but most people made it down under their own power. I don't think there's any close calls, but still, they were up there with six inches of snow on the ground above Timberline, and some people weren't wearing gloves. Yeah. And I think in your camp, you would have suggested this isn't such a good idea. <laughs> and, as, and as Rick Trujillo used to say before every single Imogene Pass race, the mountains don't care. Yep. It's very true. So they're going to do what they're going to do and you have to be prepared for what that is. So Nice. Well, with this, uh, I'm going to ask you, do you mind if I, of course, people might want to attend your camp to learn a lot more, but just a few brief tips. What about diet, whether we want to mention anything about overall 
But race, obviously, if you're doing a 12K, it doesn't have much meaning at all. But if you're going out there for marathon distance or longer, nutrition makes a big difference. Do you have any tips or secrets when it comes to that? Well, I mean, there's, there's obviously, there's no, there's no real secret to it. Uh, for me, it took a long time to learn what my body needed. Um, and I learned a lot of it from other, you know, longtime ultra runners in the sport, like Jeff Browning, um, and guys like that, who kind of were my mentors as, as I got into the sport of ultra running. And it took me three years to figure out a 50 K, um, before I finally nailed it. And it was all kind of nutrition and pacing and everything. Um, but mostly on the nutrition side of things is I just wasn't taking in enough. And so what I, you know, kind of learned through the years is, is I needed to take in more calories, um, and the right kind of calories. And so for me, um, goo worked and it was, you know, every 15 to 20 minutes, I'd take a gel. Um, and I like to keep things simple too. So I'm just like a, kind of like a gel and water kind of guy for anything that's shorter than about eight hours in length. And so I do, you know, gel and water every 20 minutes or so. And, um, that's kind of like, you know, three to four gels an hour, three to 400 calories an hour. And that's what my body can accept, but everybody's a little bit different. And that's why there's so many different nutrition products on the market too. Um, some people do liquid calories better. Some people do solid calories better. Um, some people can do gels and, and stuff like that. Um, and so, you know, there's no like silver bullet answer. There's just different things out there that, you know, you've got to experiment with and, and figure out what works for you. Excellent. I like this. There's a trend developing here of more is better. Now, we originally talked about the um, ultra marathon distances, and I've I'm mildly irked about that as you are, that Americans have this bigger is better attitude, whether it's houses, cars, or race length. But when it comes to calorie intake during a race, I think more is better. And when I started running the longer distances, people didn't eat. I mean, literally didn't eat yeah. anything. And then it was in the common knowledge of 200 calories per hour. Very interestingly, when was this? About eight years ago, I talked to, uh, I think it was Dr. Roger Crom at the CU Center for Sports Science. Mm -hmm. And he researched that. He went back, you know, that was, that was gospel, 200 calories per hour. And he went back and went back and went back and found out that someone made it up. Oh, yeah. literally <laughs> made it up. And then everyone else cited it ever since. And so it just got spread and it wasn't true at all. <laughs> yeah. So like you say, there's this high degree of variability, but I think it's very, very recently it's come to be known that more than 200 calories per hour might be better. Again, you know, if you do that and go out there and leave it by the side of the trail. Sorry about that. But generally speaking, uh, like David Roach, you know, very high-end coach here in Boulder, he says 300 to 400 calories per hour now as well. Yeah, and, and to a point, right? I mean, if you start to get over that 400 calorie limit, um, you're kind of getting into that realm of like, you just can't digest it enough. And so it starts to build up and that can create issues as well. And so, you know, there's definitely like, a, I'd say there's a sweet spot for each individual person. Um, that probably varies by about 20 calories an hour, but everybody's going to be kind of in that range of like 150 to 400 calories per hour that they can ingest and then absorb. Um, and then much over 400, you're getting in the point where you can't absorb it under, you know, under 150 to 200, you just aren't getting in enough. 
And so there's kind of that range of like 150 to 400 calories from what I've heard and from what I've, what I've read and stuff. So. Great. Good. Good tip, Max. I appreciate that. Sure. Well, since you're, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at your longevity here and this incredible breadth of success. So I'm going to stay with this, if you don't mind, for no. another second here. So what about, um, what's the word? Besides running, do you stretch? Do you do strength? Because you mentioned at the start of this that you're getting old. Well, that's relative, my friend, is it not? <laughs> but <laughs> so, but we lose we lose much less endurance as we age, as we do flexibility, elasticity, and strength. So do you, have you started lifting weights or doing any stretching? I do. Yeah. And I, I think that's all kind of those important pieces to put together so that you can have that longevity. Um, and I, I, there's, I don't, the more I think about it, the the more there is that goes into longevity. But for everybody, I do think that stretching rolling, uh, self-recovery, um, strength work is really important to kind of touch on all of those things. And you have to figure out what's, what's optimal for you and what's going to work for you. But like I started strength training probably five years ago, um, doing, and I've always kind of strength trained. This was about five years, years ago. I started doing more of that heavy weight Olympic type lifting, um, squats, deadlifts with heavy weight. Um, and I do think that there was some, um, some advantage to that. And then since then, I, I've kind of gone in waves, like I'll stop for a while, and then I'll restart. And I'm in a wave right now of like, I haven't done any of that strength stuff since last, I think, March, February or March, I kind of stopped. Um, and so I haven't been doing it recently. But now I need to start back up again. And so my plan is this winter to hit it hard again and do some more strength training. Through all of that, I always like keep an element of that self recovery in. I'm always uh, doing some core work, uh, making sure that things are activated is probably my most important thing as far as like glutes, uh, small hip rotators, uh, core, all of that stuff stays activated. And so I'm always doing some low level activation exercises. Um, I'm always stretching uh, and rolling. I think that's really critical and important when something gets too tight in one area. I've got to like hit that hard, get that worked out so that everything is kind of stays in balance. And I think that's the biggest thing at this point in my, my career and my life is just keeping everything in balance. And so I can't overdo it. I don't want to do too much strength. Can't overdo the training. I don't want to do too much training. And I don't want to do too little. So I've got to find that balance. And so a lot of that comes down to just that balance in life and being able to, to kind of do everything um, but, and stay healthy at the same time. Nice. Well, thanks for the free advice. This is good. I'm full. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm. I can. I'm full of free advice. I give anybody free advice. I don't know if it's good <laughs> advice, but I'll give it to you. <laughs> I, 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 we appreciate that, Max. Um, <laughs> well, <clears throat> what's the? Of course, we just we mentioned this a couple of times now, so we might as well get right to it. You are now a master's runner. You are 41 years old, and that's. Uh, how does that feel? I mean, there it is. There's the question. How does that feel? Are you happy? Hey, wow, I can keep doing this. Or you're saying, man, I'm a little slower than I used to be. What does this look like to you? Yeah, um, I, I've I've been I, – I, I don't want to say struggling with it because I've been kind of excited about it, actually, um, about hitting that 40-year mark. I got to that 40-year mark 
And then everything shuts down. I lost my entire first master's year. <laughs> it's like, oh man, um, which was fine. Oh, right. You know, because of the of pandemic. COVID. Yeah, because of the pandemic. I had, there were no races to do with my first year of master's running. Um, but, you know, being a master's, it's kind of fun. It's like, I can legitimately say like, I'm an old guy now and I can still beat up on all the little kids. Um, and so that's kind of fun. <laughs> I love, I love racing the, the, you know, the 20, 29 year olds who are out there and stuff who are like, what is this 40 year old doing? Keeping up with me. I, I love that feeling. Cause I was the same way when I was that age. Right. I was like, ah, there's the 40 year old guy in the race. Like, ah, no problem. Um, but I know as, as well as you do that, uh, there's a lot of 40 year olds and 50 year olds too, that are, are really good runners and really good athletes. And you can't take them for granted and kind of want to show that you can keep this going for quite a while. And so that's, that's my whole goal is just kind of like to have fun with it, keep it going. I still want to race at a high level. And, and I think I'm, I'm continuing that trend at least, um, for as long as I can, um, but it's fun to be a master's um, and I can, you know, have a new category to run in and I can uh, do some other races that are uh, focused on master's running. I want to I have a goal to jump back in steeplechase this year um, and see if I can get uh, maybe a master's record in the on the track. So we'll see what happens there. Holy cow. I I'd said you were you did a lot of different things. You're going to get back on the on the track and do the uh, jumps. Yeah, maybe. Hurdles. Yeah, why not? Right. Wow. Wow. Well, um, at, at, at this age, I mean, it, like you said, it's kind of a golden spot in a certain sense because you're obviously good enough. You compete open. You're just fine competing in the open category. But if you're a couple steps slower than you were a few years ago, well, there you are, just one masters. So you kind of have a nice, nice little fallback position here. Yeah. Interesting. What do you have any advice for people turning 40? I mean, if you're doing anything specific, different, you mentioned about your strengthening and stretching, anything else? Well, I mean, you know, like in analyzing, like, why am I still sticking around? Like, you know, why am I still doing what I'm doing? <laughs> and I, I, a lot of it comes down to like taking care of myself. When I get an injury, I don't let that like set me back. And I feel like a lot of people, uh, depending on where they're at in their career, we've all got different careers, but if you get injured and you're out long enough, most people are going to say, you know, kind of give it up and just say, okay, I'm injured. I'm not coming back. I need to do something else. Um, and whether that's, you know, uh, if they're a pro athlete and they need to get a real job or if they're, um, you know, emerging, emerging athlete and it's tough to break through into that, into that sponsorship side of things, um, that's always going to be kind of a barrier. And so injury is always going to be a setback in that. Uh, whereas, you know, I've been really lucky in my career and that I think is part of it too. Um, and so as I've, I've grown and, um, just, my through my career i've always i've i've got i think i've gotten lucky like i've gotten those really good results when i needed to and held on to those sponsorships and stuff to allow me to keep doing what i'm doing and then when i do get injured sure it's a setback but it's not like taking me out of the sport um and it's still like i'm doing enough things on the side like you mentioned running camps uh, i'm a race director i work at a running store i've got enough pieces to fall back on to where if i'm not making as much running like i'm falling back on those and keeping that piece going still despite the injury and then i get through that injury and then i'm back on it 
Uh, you know, and and that's I think a big part of kind of keeping things going is I is I always prioritize that running side of things because I love it so much. Nice. Wow. Good. Good description, Max. I'm impressed. And our last podcast guest, Seth Demore, he was impressed too because you were the so-called old guy, but you passed him on the downhill. So normally, you know, let's, uh, the young guys are going to be bombing the descent, but you passed, what was it, four or five people in the descent at the U.S. Mountain Running Championships? Yeah, I think I actually, I got uh, five or six of them, I want to say, but yeah, all of them, you know, younger guys to the sport. Uh, Eddie Owens was up there, who's really fast. Um, gave Joe uh, Joe Gray a run for his money at um, the half marathon U.S. Trail Championships a couple weeks ago, um, and you know, a couple of those other guys uh, like Joe Demore um, just got Joe like just before the finish line too, uh, coming in coming into the finish about the last half mile of the race. Um, but yeah, I just got a couple of those guys because I. You know, I couldn't keep up on the uphill. I do think that, you know, that fitness is starting to wane a little bit as I get older. And so I'm maybe losing a little bit of that. I've never been the greatest of that uphill stuff, but I've always been pretty good at that downhill. And so I love that. So I use that downhill to my advantage in that race. Wow. Good work. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I, I like it. I like it. I wish you could have seen that. Watching, uh, watch, I once saw Ricky Gates and Paul Lowe duke it out at the uh this is in the new england i forgot what ski area that was mm -hmm. and those guys were on their hands and knees for the next five minutes i mean they, their quads were so shot they couldn't stand up yep so it's uh it's a, this is racing yeah go well, hard you uh go hard <laughs> i just thought of something it's not on i don't think it's on your website it's not listed anywhere but it suddenly dawned on me that didn't you win the national tough mutter or something like that? Hmm, yeah, uh, it was, uh, it was, what was, uh, warrior dash. Warrior dash. Yep. It was warrior dash world championship in the warrior dash. Got two wins on that one. Uh, that's an obstacle course race, isn't it? It was. Yeah. It was an obstacle course race about a 5k in length. Um, and yeah, that yeah, was, that was fun. Those are my, those were my obstacle racing days. <laughs> well, my recollection, and sorry to bring up you know, money here, but it was, I think it was very uh, notable because my recollection is you won your prize purse for that, which I came in and I, I never even heard of this event was more than anyone could win at any trail race in the world. Yep. And so I thought, Max is a smart guy. I mean, he went in there and scored. Good for him. Yeah, no, it was it was awesome to have that payday. You know, it's not something you're going to see every day. And I would say that was another time where, yeah, I got pretty lucky. <laughs> you know, um, I was coming out of kind of that shorter distance side of of my career, and um, so it fit just perfect with you know, it was kind of a uh, an extreme cross country race. And, you know, you're just with some obstacles in there, but steeplechase served me really well. And, uh, it went really well. It was awesome. Nice. Well, I like it when runners can branch out. Sometimes runners don't look good branching out. You know, sometimes <laughs> they're, you know, they kind of, Hmm. Sometimes you look at some runners and to be relatively non-athletic and just really good at that particular motion can serve you well. And, if, and so if they try to, you know, bike or ski and things like that, 
a flail. Well, but I appreciate when runners can can branch out and do a few other things. Yeah, I got mostly the running the running stuff down, but you'd see me in a bike race or something that it might get a little ugly. I can bike, but <laughs> racing is a whole another whole nother beast. Same with skiing. I can ski, but the ski racing, the ski mountaineering that I've picked up in the last couple of years, I can ski with the best of them, but I can't, uh, racing has, has been a tough, tough thing to get into. It's just, it's hard. Um, and so, you know, I've, I've ski raced a couple of times, but I can't really break onto that podium in ski racing though. Right. It is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. You bring a, a real high level of fitness, but compare someone who's been doing it for a decade, one's efficiency just isn't quite there. No. Yeah. It's really specific. That you need that efficiency. Hmm. Right. Um, Tony Krupichka mentions that, you know, he, he, he's done a fair amount of schemo and a lot of gravel racing. He's become a pretty good climber, but he just says, you know, really, I'm not a skier, I'm not a biker, I'm not a climber. And he's mm-hmm. still better runner, even though he's been doing those for a number of years. Right. Yep. Hmm. You also have 18 FKTs. Congratulations on Ooh, that. Thanks. I didn't, my number's up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it shot up recently this spring, I see. Yeah. When, uh, when we were corresponding to set this up and you mentioned you took an FKT from Jason Hardrath, and I'm looking here on the list. This must have been Little Wild Horse Bell, or was it something else? Oh, <laughs> I don't know if it was. I can't remember which one I took from him. He's just, I'm always giving him a hard time. So, um, and he's giving me a hard time most of the time. So I just figured I'd poke a little fun at him uh, if that was going in the show notes basically. But um, I don't know. I'm sure I'd taken something from him recently. So, but no, Jason, <laughs> Jason's awesome. And I know, you know, Jason really well, but he's done so much in the yes. AT world and um, is just getting after it. And so we uh, we just give each other a hard time here back and forth. I was just talking to him yesterday about some stuff. Um, and so, yeah, but uh, just I got a couple FKTs this summer. That was really fun. So, Yeah, Jason's a great guy. And like you said, he went for 100. And wow, he did that and capped it off with the Washington Bulgers just yeah. this year. No, yeah, and I don't know if you've seen, but the uh, – the trailer for his his new movie journey to 100 it just just came out maybe in the last few days so it looked really good i'm excited to see that okay great nice what is gosh this is our standard question max what is next but most people you can kind of see where this is going but for you i I can't see where it's going (laughs) (laughs) look at this look at this variety you know your ocr days and, you know, world 100 kilometer championships on you know, totally flat and paved, uh, things like the Broken Arrow. And of course, you're going to Thailand in February. Hoping but to, yeah. What? Yeah. So you're just going to keep it open. You're going to you're going to keep the variety going, aren't you? Absolutely. I mean, you know, what what would it be if I didn't? Um, I don't know. I have I have a ton of fun doing the variety. And like like you said, like I'm. You know, I've got that race in February. That's it's going to be uh, about a 10k up and down mountain race. I want to get back on the track next spring. I'm doing a 24 hour ish sort of race this weekend. Um, yeah, I don't know. The variety of uh, variety is a spice of life, right? As they say. So I keep it going, and I don't know. I don't even know what I'm going to do yet next year. I think 
that's kind of up in the air. I've got a couple of things that are, uh, that I'm eyeing like that, that track race and mountain running championships, but you know, you never know if that'll change or not. So. Oh, it's only, here's something else I remember about you that I'd forgotten. You went for the Cascade Trifecta at one point, didn't you? Oh, oh yeah. That's where we uh, started to overlap, uh, you and me. Right. Yeah, I have right. not gotten back to that yet, but that is still on the list, you know? And I know there's some been some other some other folks that have done that under 24 hours at this point. Um, but it's something that, you know, because I tried it twice, uh, in the past 10 years, it's on my list. It's something that I got to get back to and, and finally get that completed. And I, I think I've kind of decided that I want to do it on skis now too. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Not a bad idea. No. Well, that'd make the descent a lot faster. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and more fun. Wow. <laughs> and more fun and a little trickier. Well, yeah, that too. That too. That too. Oh, Max, this has been a delightful conversation. There must be something in the water there in Oregon. A lot of, a lot of people in Oregon can throw down and keep doing it. I, yeah. uh, I appreciate this. This is, and you still live in Bend, do you not? I do. Yeah, I'm still in Bend. Yeah. Um, yeah. The east side. Yeah, east side of the hmm. Cascades. We got plenty of sunshine. So. Well, I look forward, if you ever, I, I, you know, since I invented it and named the uh, the Cascade Trifecta, it'd be fun to see you go up there and give that another try. But gosh, man, if you can if you can compete on the world stage on the Mount Running Championships, gee, I'd keep doing it. Oh, always, as long as I can. But I got to get that trifecta. And if I get up there for that, I'll let you know. Thank you. I appreciate that. I look forward to seeing your name on this list again. And for our listeners, one last comment. Please subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already. And consider giving us a nice little rating on Spotify or Apple because a nice high rating helps other people find us. It helps uh, get uh, promoted a little bit more by those algorithms. So, Max, thanks again. Hopefully, we'll see each other in person sometime. I hope so. Thank you. This has been a pleasure. 